two interracial couples on a quest where fantasy and the real world collide. This is When Crit Happens. <laughs> okay, but I'm ready this time. Welcome back to Rakatima, everybody. Rakatima. Rakatima, Rakatima. I'm your game master, Torsten David Johnson, he, they, and I am joined today by the one, the only, JDR. We never know where he's going to go, folks. What's up, folks? JDR in the house, he, they, a.k.a. tighten your belt. And D-E-W. Oh, D-E-W. That is my, those are my full initials. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. Uh, I tried to, to do my research. Uh, hi, everyone. This is Deanna Elizabeth Woodman. Dude. I go by they, she, and I play Jessu, she, her. Dewey. And KMB. <laughs> KMB, y'all. Also ooh, known ooh. as Kylie yes. Marie Brinkman. Yes. She, her. Playing Josephina Wick. Goes by Joe. Also, she, her. Mm. And now... Uh, I'm acting as if that's so fun. Wow, mm. she goes by she, her. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, okay, I cut the banter question. There's no banter question. Screw uh, the banter question. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Tip for banter. Ready? One, two, three, go. <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> so about this Dungeons and Dragons game. Yeah. All what? right, what so last session... As you screamed out of Tempest Top to go save the orphans of Typhon Head, <laughs> you were stopped by the familiar taunts of Daphne and uh, Carl. Yeah. With the ashy ass armor. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Confronting them from the top of the battlements, it seemed like you had things under control. We did. Using a suggestion spell, when all of a sudden a corrupted bush rose up and attacked them from behind. In the fracas the that ensued, bush rose up. <laughs> it was never quite clear whether you were fighting Daphne and Carl or saving them That's from a such bush. Such a ridiculous thing to say. Or making friends with them or stealing their bag of crystals. But what was apparent, eventually, you figured out that Daphne and Carl had been collecting crystals, just like the ones at the bottom of the pool, and like the one that your dad gave you, Joe. And they wanted all the crystals. They told you that none other than Burl Evlon had offered them a large sum of money for the I knew he was sus. Crystal. Burl. I don't, why is he sus? He just Country wants crystals. Bay. Burl. Country Bay. He just is. I mean, I guess we'll find out. Maybe he's not, but he that's my crystals. intuition. Uh, so, he just wants crystals, man. <laughs> so Titan managed to charm 20 of these crystals from Carl. And meanwhile, we bought them. What are you talking oh, about? That's right. Right, 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 right. I forgot about that. Uh, meanwhile, Jasu, you smote the bush, and a <gasps> new smote. smote. Wait, isn't that a word? Smote. I don't it know. Is. It is. Smote no, it his is. Ruin I just upon like, the mountainside. All... Yes, from Lord of the Rings. We the all. Balrog. We all just wanted to repeat the word. Is it the past don't tense of smite? Yeah, yeah, that's what that's I'm right. trying to say. Yes, yeah. smote. Smitten would be a different form. Mm-hmm. Smite, smote, have smitten. I don't Isn't know. Isn't smitten an entirely different word? Great. What? Okay. And crackling <laughs> electrical energy flowed from your staff. Not only did the murderous shrub wither from this blow, but waves of spiritual energy flowed outward and desiccated all of the corrupted plants in the vicinity. Oh, yeah. You are now the spirit of the forest. I'm ignoring that. <laughs> <laughs> Shepherd of the forest. The unwilling spirit of the forest. As the fighting calmed down, 
I'm the spirit of the sun. <laughs> Daphne and Carl mentioned their desire to join the resistance. Through the sardonic barbs you all continued tossing at each other, you realized, finally, that you both had an interest in preventing the Koro army from marching on Typhonhead, a.k.a. the orphanage. You resolved to go overland yourselves to the fortress, leaving Daphne and Carl with the guidance of Yama to sound the alarm in Longstrom and Stormhaven. As you set out across the rocky ridge tops towards Typhon Head through the afternoon, the fog began to lift over Deep Reach Bay. The Corsair Isles became visible at its mouth, and from behind the islands, a fleet of pirate ships heading straight towards Typhon Head. And that's where you are now. I was really just scanning my brain for what the Pirates of the Caribbean theme song was that whole t- like whole last <laughs> sentence, yeah. and I just didn't have it. I'm feeling really disappointed in myself. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Copyright. Great. So we look out to sea and we see pirate ships. Yeah, coming out from behind the Corsair Isles straight towards Typhon Head. What do we know about pirate ships generally or the political dynamic of pirates? Is this like a thing in our world? I mean, we recognize them as pirate ships, so I'm assuming yes, but is that, what is our, what comes with that? Such a good question. Everybody give me a history check. Ooh, ooh, history, you say? History? A natural one. Ooh, that actually makes total sense, uh, given that you. I know from a, nothing. An Eighteen, motherfucker. Nine. Yeah. All right, great. Yeah, so this makes a lot of sense, especially Joe, since you are from this region, and the Corsair Isles have been here. They have uh, always been called Corsair Isles, as long as you remember. The Corsairs are a scourge. Everybody knows that. They make it really hard to have a high-functioning port town. But everybody makes do, and it seems like not too many ships get taken. It's uh, Everybody has takes great care when they're passing through the choke point. The thing is, you haven't heard of many people dying. You haven't heard of murders or or anything. And I think that stuck out to you at some point. You kind of realize that, sure, every once in a while, a ship would get stopped by the pirates on as they were entering the bay or leaving the bay. And they would have a lot of stuff stolen from them. But it seemed kind of conspicuous to you that, uh, that even though their reputation was as these terrifying, terrible, horrendous pirates, they, they didn't seem like a bloodthirsty sort. Mm, so their reputation is just terrible because they're stealing things? And and their reputation is that they're the worst thing in the world. They're the, the oh. scourge of the of the seas. Mm. Um, More of a Robin Hood sort. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Cool. Are those Koro vessels? Hmm? Jesu says. Jesu says, looking across the sea, are those Koro vessels? <laughs> oh, I see. Ah, Koro is on his way. <laughs> La 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 la. <laughs> Keeps walking. But yeah, what do the pirate ships look like? How do we know they're pirate ships? What's like the 
the insignia. That is a great question. Uh, if any listeners want to draw us some pirate flags, I'm looking at you. Uh, cool. Happily post them. You. I'm looking at you, David. <laughs> I really hope someone named David can draw. It, they have a distinctive, a distinctive symbol. The Corsairs from this region. You've seen these ships before, Joe. Uh, not close up or anything, but they, you know, from time to time they sail away from. Stormhaven and out of Deep Reach Bay and, and to other regions entirely. They're a diverse assortment of ship styles. They look like things that have been stolen from various cultures and their their naval technologies. Sure. Uh, last silly question. Mm-hmm. Are you saying Corsair Isles? That like, is exactly what I'm the saying. The Isles are the islands. So the pirates, yes. when you were referring to them as the co- like co- Corsair, that is like the Corsair pirates. Is that yes. like what? Okay. Cool, yeah, cool, cool, yeah, cool, yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah. I. I really liked the word Corsair and I didn't know what it meant and I looked it up and it meant pirate and I said, that's so cool. I need to put that in this world. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And that's exactly how cool. they got there. Yep. Love it. Uh, yeah, Jesse, everybody. so those are not... One of the best books out there. Yes. It's not the <laughs> the Coros, it's the Corsairs. Ooh, that sounds like there's some wordplay. Corsair pirates. I wonder what they're doing. Headed towards Typhon Head. Well, that's where we're headed, so I guess we're going to find out. Uh, all right, so as you are, as you see them, you are walking down this this rocky ridgeline heading towards Typhon Head, which intermittently you can see popping up on the far side of these jagged cliff tops uh, that you are generally descending. You're primarily going in a downward, a downward trending uh, direction. As you're as you're traveling down this this spine of mountains, and on your right, you see down at the base of this steep escarpment, right along the edge of the water. Um, this is the area known as the Barren Coast because it doesn't get a lot of rain, and so there's very little vegetation on this side of the mountains. Up against the the Silver Sea, which stretches off towards Aegir. You see the huge army of Koro soldiers marching, and they're moving slowly. They have large carts that you can see even from from far away on top of this ridge, and it's 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 not like there's a road or something. So it's taking them a long time to move all of their supplies along this coastline. However, up the front you can see a smaller group of cavalry. And every once in a while, you can see a few horses break off and ride out up ahead and scout around, and then they'll come back. And it's getting to the point, as the afternoon wears on, where you think that the next time that they ride out, they will discover that they are right around the corner from the fortress, from Typhon Head, where you know there are many orphans. How far away are we? From the army or from the orphanage? Both. Looking up ahead, you see the orphanage is still a ways away. Judging by how fast those horses are able to move down along the coast, if they started now and just took off up the coast, they might beat you to the orphanage. You think that you have at least an hour or two of hiking left. Mm, I think we need to get to the orphanage as quickly as possible. Let's go save the kids. Sure. Yeah. Great. 
So you take off. It's a little bit flatter on this side. About a half an hour goes by as you're traversing the side of these mountains and you get to another little notch. And at this notch, it's just a short sprint downhill towards the keep itself. Okay. You look. We, it's in view. It's in we view. We don't see the army. You look behind the, the keep and in the, in the bay, you can see the ships are moving very quickly and are just about to pass out of view because you're going to get close enough to the keep where you won't be able to see mm -hmm. where the ships are exactly as they're coming up on the fortress. And to your right, you see that four horseback riders have broken off from the rest of the army, galloping very quickly towards the fortress. And it looks like they will beat you to the fortress. Do they have weapons drawn? No, they don't have weapons drawn. Okay, 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 okay. There's just four of them. I was like, are they just going to go murder children? <laughs> <laughs> You're still higher than them. Mm. And you see a spot where you could drop down and get in front of them. You could get into a spot above them before they get there. Or, or what's the or? Sorry. Or you take off in a foot race, and judging by how fast they're moving, they would beat you. Great. And But they're near us. They're like close to us. You could cut them off. Close-ish. You, you could literally go down and cut them off. I would like to do something different. Yeah. Which, yeah, what is it? I don't know if this is going to work. I would like to, seeing this, say a small prayer mm -hmm. and have it answered by the wrong god. Basically to use my channel divinity to create a fog layer, mm -hmm. which what that does is you create a thick cloud of fog that mm -hmm. surrounds you and heavily obscures obscures the area for 20 feet in all directions, following you as you move. Mm -hmm. uh, you and all creatures within five feet treat this as lightly obscured, and this fog lasts for 10 minutes and spreads around corners and cannot be dispersed until you choose to end it. And my hope is is that that will slow them down Amazing. because they won't be able to see so, as we So great. In order through. to do that, you're going to have to get, go down towards their path. Right now, you're still high up great. above them on the ridgetop. So you you could totally wrap up their pathway in fog, but you'd have to go down towards them. Great. I do that. I say, we must move. Awesome. <laughs> Jesse, you can see from above, there's this spot where if you drop down these this kind of like stair step of cliffs descending down towards the shoreline, there's a spot where you could definitely get your fog cloud to envelop their pathway but you'd still have high ground and, and be up on the on a small cliff top right above them. So fog them, and then we'll, we'll try to spooky, spooky scary them. And because, uh, like, they're riding at this castle full of orphans. That's bad intentions. Okay, we need information. Uh, all right, so you all descend down these cliff lines. They're out of view, but you start to hear the sound of pounding hooves. And as you do, do uh, everybody give me a stealth check? Okay. No, Joe. I rolled a five. Okay. I rolled a four. Oh and man. And then um, I think I add probably, nothing to it. You probably have this. Oh, I have a minus too. one. So I have I have a a three. I got a twenty three. Um, let me make a roll here. Mm hmm. Um, as we're walking, I mm -hmm. cast Mage Armor on myself. Love it. Nice. And you chose the spot right before 
they're going to start climbing up towards the cliff tops because Typhon Head is on this huge bluff overlooking the, the ocean down below. And so they're going to leave the, the coastline and, and climb up onto these bluffs. And so they'll have to slow down anyway. And you get down to this spot right by the ocean, and they're going to have to come through this choke point. It's only about 10 feet wide, mm-hmm. and uh, it provides a, a very natural bottleneck. So that's where we're going to fall, Clown? That's where we're fogging them? Great. This is where I say my prayer. Amazing. Sulian, we must slow these creatures down. Please send your assistance. Phenomenal. I close my eyes and concentrate. Does the fog emit from your 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 staff or maybe rise up from the ocean? Where's the fog come mm. from? I think I say my prayer and I'm holding my staff in front of me, bowing my head like I do. And from the bottom of the staff, a first it's just a wisp mm. and then slowly it builds and billows and becomes a cloud that surrounds us and obscures everything and then i open my eyes and i see the white i take a deep breath and then try to ignore that this is clearly not my sun god Mm. and instead say thank you sulian okay outright denial (laughs) she is in denial yeah joe doesn't know much about religion but i feel like for everything Jasu has said about Sulian and worshiping the sun, it's like, girl, you got some cloudy, foggy powers for being someone that worships the sun. I don't say that out loud. But I'm just kind of like looking at that staff like, <laughs> I was not expecting that. And Titan says that out loud. <laughs> so, oh, Sulian, I know. So when when Sulian get into cloud play? Don't, don't that be blocking off their sunshine? <laughs> Sulian works in mysterious ways. Okay, you know, you know better than me. So let's go. Okay. Anybody else want to do anything as you hear these these hoof hoof steps, these hoof falls, hoof. these hoof? What would you call that? Would you the the footfalls, the footfalls sure. of the horses? As you hear the footfalls <laughs> of the horses rounding the bend through the the sound of the surf. Does anybody else do anything? I think I'm just gonna get ready to try to 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 mess these people up. Great, really. So, as you are all standing here up on this cliff top, it's about ten feet above the sand below. You can hear the sound of the lapping waves. It it's like you all of a sudden traveled from Big Sur up the coast to San Francisco. Like the fog just rolled in like that. <laughs> And you are now enveloped in this cool, temperate fog, temperate mist, and you hear the pounding of hooves, and you see the first of these four riders come around the bend. Everybody give me a perception check. You see my other dice? Because this dice is mine. Oh, man. Yeah, I got to switch. Four. (laughs) Seventeen. Can I use my smell? (laughs) I'm just trying sure, to get you can smell if you want. Sure, yeah, great. Smell. Love that for me. You're not that you know far what? away. You're, I'm going to do what I want. 20 feet from, from the edge of the fog? Yeah, so 13. All right, so as you're smelling, distinct odor of, of horses, sweaty, sweaty horses. <laughs> and then something Good. that smells oddly Good. familiar, and you can't quite place it, Jasu. Joe, you hear the the echo of the hooves off of the 
the cliff to your left and whip around because you think maybe there's horses coming from that direction too. Uh, actually, no. And <laughs> Titan, you see this person coming around the bend and you take a second look and there's something... Why do you, why do you feel like you recognize this person? Oh no! If it's Country Bay, I'm gonna flip a table. You're not sure why. It's and then as he gets closer, as he's rounding the bend and, and beginning to approach, and the other three riders also come into view, you take a closer look and you realize, man, that guy looks a lot like Captain Kugo. Oh, but it's not. It is so not Captain Kugo. But like. Is it just the uniform? Because, I mean, their uniforms look very, very similar. Maybe it's just the uniform. Hmm. Who knows? Anyway, they all pull up on the reins as they come around the bend, into suddenly wrapped up in fog. And so they pull up on the reins, and the horses uh, do that thing where they, they neigh, and they, and they go up on their hind legs. Wow, and, uh, just like that. Real good. And so they have, to, they have to fight to control their horses. Oh, okay. Hey there. Hey there. Try to get the horses under control. Yeah, you kiss for one and you for the other. You're I have right. very little experience with the horses. Is, you're right. You're right. I've I'm seen just it on giving, Downton Abbey. I, Kylie was doing sound effects. I wanted to give sound effects. And then, I don't know. <laughs> yes, this is expert, expert Foley, y'all. Uh, what do the three of you do? Show my tits. Uh, okay. I say, boo, y'all, boo, to the first person who comes around. Okay. And, of course, that boo will be... Dissonant whispers. <laughs> okay, great. So this uh, this person who looks very similar to Captain Kugo whips his head around, looking through the fog, trying to figure out where this voice is coming from, and is going to make a save. The two of you, do you two do anything? Try not to shit my pants. I don't know. I stand with my staff and I say, what is your purpose here? Okay. You shall not pass. <laughs> and then I sound <laughs> That's, Great. I have to have my staff. Great. They can't see you. They, they, but they hear a booming voice in the in the mess. You use that thaumaturgy? Mm, wait, yeah. I don't have thaumaturgy. Uh, I wish. Oh wait, no, Joe, back me up. Back me up, Joe. Back me up. Can I give you the help action since I'm not sure. doing anything? Yeah. All right, make an intimidation check with advantage. Yes, fuck yeah. In course. the fog. In, All right. I mean, it's just a voice. Okay. Fog came out of nowhere, and then a voice of God mm-hmm. says, ah, after mm-hmm. they get hurt by another voice. Right. Come on, that's intimidating as fuck. Yeah, I bring out my mini Speaking megaphone which, that I keep in my, 20. <laughs> my fanny pack. Nat 20. Natural 20. Nat 20. Wow. Okay. Well, they got a nat 20. Yeah. And uh, and the save was a, a natural 5, which I think becomes a 8. Yeah, becomes an 8. Well, they fail. Well, they fail. And take 12 <laughs> points of damage. 12 yeah. points of damage. I just want to They're say that last episode, I learned what the help action was, and I had it as a goal today to use the help yeah. action. And, so and I they got an ad 20. And I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Okay. Nice. At this moment, a riling up on the horses, booming uh, voices, asking strange non sequitur questions. What, what did you ask exactly? What is your purpose here? To seek the Holy Grail. <laughs> and can we say that Kylie helped because like some like rainbow or some magic, I don't know, something like light comes okay. through the... Great. Ha! Okay, so they see some shimmering light through the through the fog. They, th- this guy uh, holds his head. What the voice of God. Fuck is going on? They also have to run away. <laughs> oh shit! 
What it, he has to use his reaction to run as far as his speed allows away from me. Okay, so they're all getting off of their horses, and he immediately <laughs> just just the one person, just the yeah, one. Yeah, just yeah. The no, one. they're yeah. all getting off their horses because the horses don't know what the fuck is going on, and he is take Bessie and hands the reins of his horse off to one of his friends and just starts starts running around back around the corner. Um, is it end when he's out of view of you or does it? No, it's just, it's not, it doesn't last. It's just, mm -hmm. ha here we go. <clears throat> here we go. You whisper a discordant melody that only one creature of your choice within range can hear, racking with terrible pain. The target must make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, it takes 3d6 psychic damage and must immediately use its reaction, if available, to move as far as its speed allows away from you. Creature is not moving to uh, obviously dangerous ground, such as a fire pit. On a successful save, blah, 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 they failed. Okay, so he takes off around the corner, back up the coastline, and the other three turn. Hey, Captain! Captain, where are you going? Captain Kriego! No! We have to take the message to, to the fortress! Take the message to the fortress. Captain Kriego. What a terrible name. He deserves to die just for that. Captain name. Kugo was the guy that we could not That's kill right. for the That's life right. of us. That's right. Okay. Wait, are there are there voices in the fog? What's I said we fucking hide. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? What do you want? What is your purpose here? Um, we we have a message to bring to Typhon Head, and it's it's very important. Captain, are you okay? Give us the message. I jump. <laughs> Jasu jumps and looks over. Uh, amazing. What the fuck just happened? Okay, so you see Captain Kriego's face uh, poke back around the corner. Wait, give you the message? You want us to give you the message? Who? We're the there? gatekeepers. <laughs> Three different voices. Three different voices pop out one very intimidating oh, intimidating the gatekeepers. Here. one really deep and then one for the gatekeepers <laughs> i said it it just slipped out of my mouth it did that's yeah, what happened that's exactly sorry that's what happened wait wait no boss I've, I've heard about gatekeeping and uh and it's apparently it's it's a real problem um but i didn't think it was one that we'd encounter Today. Leave your parcel on the ground and return oh, from shit. once you came. Oh my god. <laughs> um, they, they want us to give them the message, Captain. Why would we give them the message? I mean, I know I cast it's super person. fucking cre oh, creepy. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, all right, great. Using uh, all the spells, let's use all It's a wisdom save. Yes, it's a wisdom save. It's a 14. That's an 11. Yes. Yes. Yeah, no, I uh, I guess maybe they could take the message for us. Be, uh, hey, could you take the message for us to One. Typhon Head? Yes. Yes. Wow, these are, these are really <laughs> accommodating gatekeepers. Go, yeah. <laughs> okay, no, I mean, I think I think that works then. How are That's, we so intimidating? These people are so dumb. Leave the message here. Are they insulting us now? Is that what's going on? That was not in <laughs> game. Okay, where should I leave this? On the, You're on the sand the right here? God. Or um, run away. To you? Oh. No, leave it. Okay. Put it on the ground. Put it, put it down. 
Turn around. And uh, as you your see, horses. Captain Kriego, who, Leave this place. who looks like a... You all probably see it now that he's been called Captain Kriego. He looks like a the Faramir to Kugo's Boromir. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And it's a Lord of the Rings reference, Deanna. I know <laughs> how rude. And so he's he's bending down. He you see him take this uh, scroll case out of his doublet. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing a doublet, and he he bends over to to put it down on the sand. And just as he is doing this, you hear the skittering of some rocks behind you. And then a voice. Captain? Outriders! Are you alright? Are you, are you in the fog? It just came out of nowhere! And you turn above you and you see a small group of scouts on foot with bows in their hands who are standing uh, a, a few cliff tiers above you looking down. And one of them is none other than June. June. I tell the captain since he's charmed. Oh yeah, you you can tell him that you're fine. Just you're on a little break, right? Yeah, we're you're totally fine. Just let him know that you're fine just so that they don't stress or worry well, about you down I, here. I don't know I don't know you who you are, but that right there is uh, June, who happens to be from the Mountain Reconnaissance Unit, uh, a highly respected operative, uh, a specialist, and uh, the only survivor from from a, a special unit that was sent up to Tempest Top and came back recently reporting of a, a strange group of people that murdered everybody, including my brother. Can I, while that's happening, can I grab this thing? Can I grab yes. the the letter? You can totally, yeah, how do you do it? I drop down into the sand and I say, thanks for this. Thanks for this. I grab it and I just run out of the fog. Amazing. <laughs> towards the orphanage slash fortress. Yeah, do we all run, Jossie, with you and your fog? I do move, I move with. I move with, so the fog goes with. Okay, awesome. So the fog starts moving, yeah. and as it does, <laughs> uh, Captain Kriego, kind of on his hands and knees now, um, looks. You, you look back over your shoulders, and you see him uh, looking up as the fog is gone up at June. Um, yes, it's true. The fog came out of no. Wh- where, where's the fog going? And <laughs> June clocks it. Where is the fog going? All right. Can they see us once we get through the little like yeah, we're narrow? Gonna need to, we're gonna need to dispel this and hide people. in pursuit, and they all start pursuing you. The uh, the the horseback riders all remount, and the the scouts up on top also start moving towards you. Uh, halt! Halt! It will be better for you if you stop now. How far are we from the orphanage door? <laughs> Uh, a ways. What's a ways? Yeah, you have at least fifteen minutes. Yeah, before you get there, they'll catch us. And and what is the area around us like? It's rocky. Okay. This is just at the spot where you have to to get to Typhon Head. You have to start climbing up, following along this rising escarpment of rocks high up above the ocean below. Okay. Any chance that Titan has time to read that scroll while we first start running? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you can. I'm happy to read it. You can whip it open and take a look. 
in short, you see that it is a tersely worded command to surrender the the fortress. Mm. Um, it's it's saying that the fortress is now the the property of of the Koro family and under the control of Baron Koro, and to surrender it immediately. Cool. It's what we expected it to say. So I think I think we just is there a it's a rocky, craggy area. Is there a little cave? Is there a place that we might be able to hide? Yeah, give me a perception check. Perception check? Or survival. Or survival, okay. 18, 11. Five. Great. Was was that a smell-ception or just a, a normal perception? No, it wasn't, but it could be. I, lo- I could no, make no, it no, a no, smell-ception. No, 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 don't, don't. 18 is good enough. Okay, 18 is great. <laughs> uh, yeah, so as you're going, you see off on the right, up on the edge of the cliff, you see a, a little ramp that goes out, like underneath the edge of the of the large of the main escarpment, and you think that if you ran out on this ramp, anybody who is going along the normal path towards Typhon Head would just walk right by you. If they were looking from below, like from the ocean, they would see you, but if they were up here, they would not see you. Yes, come with me, and I lead us towards there. Great. So a giant blob of fog is walking towards this little ramp. So how are you gonna? Yeah, how are you gonna? So I would like, yeah, I would like to get as close as possible Mm -hmm. uh, before dispelling it without it being clear where we're going. So like, I don't know if there's like a little roundabout way where like it makes sense to dispel it. Like totally, there's a couple ways you could do this. The range is long enough that you. As you are going to that spot, that there's a big boulder 10 feet from the entrance to this ramp. So as you're, as you're going, Joe and Titan could just run out on that ramp mm-hmm. and you could yep. hide behind that boulder and then it would just be up to you to make that run. But you'd ha- you'll have to make a stealth check to try to do it without them yep. seeing you. You can do it, girl, Bardic. Thanks. <laughs> awesome. Go. I will be right behind you. And Joe and Joe and Titan, you're out on this uh, out on this little ledge. Yes. So it's it's a it's a small ledge overlooking the ocean. You look down. You're not that high yet. It's maybe 20, 30 feet down, but the waves are crashing into the rocks below you. Uh, it looks like rough surf and not a spot that you would want to to fall. And Jasu, you tuck yourself behind this boulder. And you can release the release the fog. I do. And now you have about ten feet to move without either the the scouts on horseback or on foot seeing you. This is such a bad um, idea because I have disadvantage plus a minus one, but that's okay. Oh, uh, what's what's the bardic? D six. Okay. Oh God, my fuck my life. Okay. 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 Do you know what you got? Yeah, I do. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna take my headphones off. Tell the other two. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. I got a twelve. I heard you. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay, so Captain Kriego gets a sixteen. Oh God. And June Fuck. gets a five. Captain Kriego was charmed by us. Does that make a difference? Captain Kriego, uh, what'd you get? Do you get a 12? Oh, a 12. Oh, a 12. A 12. Yeah. Okay. So 
Uh, June, you see June uh, peering around, at, and and you duck down so that June's eye line won't see you, and you and you start dashing out from behind this boulder, yeah. and you turn, and you are looking directly into Captain Krigo's eyes. He says, "There you are. Found him. No. Uh, ah. Everybody, roll initiative. Uh, Thirteen. Thirteen. Fifteen. Great. So first up." head whipping around is June. June Ugh. raises their bow, knocks an arrow, pulls it back, and lets a shot go. No. Uh, You're the only one up there. 19 on the die, yep. 23 to well, hit. My armor class is 47, <laughs> so it doesn't hit me. It's just my armor class. Got some really good shields. Eight piercing damage. I... <gasps> That's what I do. Tighten your up. Uh, Where are we though? Like, is there still a running away mechanism that can happen here, or getting to higher grounds with Jasu, or, or is it kind of uh, we have to go? They down are now? on horses uh-huh. that that are faster than you. Sure. Great. They. Uh, I will look at Captain Krigo and be like, Krigo, Krigo. Your brother was cuter, and dissident whispers him again. Wait, wait a second. We might be the bad guys. It might be wait us. A Are you saying you're the three? You killed my brother. He was charmed. Um, <laughs> we he gets we are the bad guys. Twenty-one to save there. He's gonna save, but still will take uh just so few damages. He's gonna take so few of them. He's gonna take. Three. It's gonna take three damage. Okay. <sighs> he doesn't look as hardy as his brother. Um, I will try to climb. I'm on this ledge. Yeah. Horses can't get there, and it's just like it's a ledge, so it's just the rocks below, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, the rocks in the ocean below. Mm-hmm. Cool. I guess I'm here. <laughs> you. I mean, you you could walk back out. Uh, like hide by the, behind the boulder or something. Duck behind some rocks, maybe for a little bit of cover. You could yeah, I will yeah. try. I'll see if I can get some cover from sure. from people shooting arrows. Great. Or I can get up in their grill. But no, I'm gonna get some a little bit of cover. Okay, cool. If it's possible, duck out, get a little bit of cover. Remind me of that if I want somebody to shoot you. Oh, I will. <clears throat> okay, great. And next up is the scouts. Okay, so the oh, other scouts, the other three <sighs> that were along with June. June has a little entourage of other scouts. With this is like seven people, with bows. right? Or so. This is eight, eight people? people. Yeah, um, have their bows drawn. They've they've gotten quite close to you when they were trying to follow the the blob of fog. They're gonna take out bows and take shots. One is going to shoot at you, Titan, and two are going to shoot at you, Jasu. Shit, man, they're rolling well. At Titan, we have a a 17. That's going to hit. At Jasu, we have a 16 and a 15. Both miss. Both miss? Okay. My armor class is 18. Great. Thank you. But I thought it was 47. <laughs> Yeah, I get a little unclear because actually... I'm constantly hearing different things, <laughs> so it's hard to really remember. Um, okay, and the and they are going to kind of step to the side to try to try to get an angle on where you came from, Titan, because they suspect that's where Joe is. And Joe, it's your turn. How far away from them am I? 
you with your movement could get into blasting range of the horses right now. The scouts on foot are up above you. Like blasting range for me is anywhere from 15 feet to like 90 feet. That's why I'm curious. Like if it's going to be a chromatic orb or a burning hand situation. You can get close enough to do burning hands on three of the people on horses as they are coming up at you. Okay. Yeah. I I try to get as close as possible to the horses and I'm going to cast burning hands. Great. So you're going to be able to hit three of the people on the horses and the horses. Oh, and it's a deck save for y'all. Okay. 14 to save. Okay, it's a dexterity I'm aiming save. high to try to, well, I guess I'm going to singe the, the horse's faces, but I'm really trying to avoid <laughs> the horse's the horse's faces. So kind. <laughs> uh, it's a 14, you said? It's a 14. One of them gets a 15, and then it's a 13 and an 11. Okay, so two of them hit. I'm doing this at oh, level. And I'll do the horses, too. At level two. So it's. Okay, two of the horses save, uh, one fails. 10. 10 is max damage? 10 is max damage. So yeah, 10 and five. And then I'm gonna try to run behind this boulder and get as much coverage as I possibly can. Okay, you scorch these horseback riders. And as I'm running to the boulder, I'm saying, I don't like this, I don't like this. <laughs> and yeah, it's bad, it's, it's, it's legitimately not good. It's not good, we don't like it. Let's stop it then. It's fine. Let's call it a truce. <laughs> truce. You killed my brother. We're sorry. Uh, Jasu, it is your turn. Okay. Can you just give me a layout uh, real fast? Like, where is everyone? Yeah. So you've got four horseback riders coming uphill. Mm-hmm. Up above you on a small cliff is June and three other archers. Okay. In general, there's a bunch of boulders around, and the clifftop keeps rising uh, in kind of a, a ramping fashion up eventually towards Typhon Head, but, but it's out of view right now. And my friends are? Close to you. Close to me. Okay. Am I in range already of the horses? Ooh, yeah. Who am I closest you, to? Uh, not melee range. You'd have to, you'd have to step up to the horses. Uh, Joe got right up in their grill to to shoot burning hands. Uh, technically, Joe is engaged with one of the horses. Okay, got it. Ooh. I really want to go after the motherfucker who stabbed me and tried to fuck with Sulian um, in my brain. But Joe is there. And I think I look up at June with pain in my eyes, but then tear my eyes away and go and try to save joe and go and hit one of the whoever's closest if it's the captain i would prefer that great whoever's the yeah it is the captain's yeah. the one leading the charge yeah great uh, i assume just so just stared daggers down at you is a 24 gonna hit i think motherfucking so bitch what <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes that was jesse yes, right was. i'm gonna smite i'm gonna smite yes you are i'm gonna smite that man smite it up. Yes, i'm gonna smite are. that bitch that's smite right that's right up. 3d8 plus four right now okay 18 uh. plus four so 22 22 wow come on Come on, bro. Okay. He's got... Captain Kriego is looking rough. Uh, Captain Kriego is not looking okay. hot. Okay, can we say that it's a it's a huge... My spite... My smite looks like a gust of wind oh, yeah. across his 
face. Uh, and and his uh, all of the uh, the uniform and and his doublet uh, is is all a, a fluffle because of this gust of wind that that disrupts him. Um, and you see, he holds onto his the reins of his horse, trying not to fall off, and uh, pulls himself back over and and looks back at you. And you said, and says, it "Wasn't just my brother, but you also killed my dog." Ooh. <laughs> We're the bad guys. We are the bad guys. We are. They the about bad to kill guys. some orphans. And says, uh, "Everybody, everybody, the war starts now." This they is our first enemy. War starts now. This is our first opportunity to let them feel the might that is the Koro army. You trained for this. Oh my and gosh. See, we're not the bad guys. If three small, untrained individuals take down tra- multiple trained soldiers, these people do not deserve to win the war. Hey, okay, look, we trained, <laughs> but we didn't train uh, to, to fight against whatever this guerrilla warfare is. <laughs> thing, like, uh, all, all this, all this. Uh, Y'all trained for this? That you... Okay, show them what we're made of. <laughs> um, and with his marshalling, uh, with his marshalling action, the three other horseback riders spur their horses forward and off the cliff <laughs> and they yep. all charge they just go up right off the cliff and surround you and even though you all took cover from the people with bows uh these horseback riders are able to attack you uh without any impairment uh one is going to attack each of you i'm going to use my protection okay. to shield titan okay. as someone swings for them um and that means that the person attacking has disadvantage. Okay, great. Okay. Two of them are going to miss outright, and one gets 21 to hit. Uh, actually, it's more than that. Um, it's it's a lot, a lot. And that is the person who is attacking you, Jesu. That sounds right. They are swinging at you with a saber. Yeah, reskinned rapier, so it's a saber because they're fighting on horseback. <laughs> All that's different. Slashing damage. Just slashing damage. <laughs> It deals four points of slashing damage to you. Okay, I'm not looking great. It's not good. And that brings us back to the top of the initiative order. You see uh, June looking around, taking in the surroundings, seeing this small unit of, of cavalry charging up towards the three of you who have a, a pretty well-fortified position here up above the horses but the but we archers, have a good position or can you I mean, you're that? on the high ground above the horses who are charging uphill at you okay uh, these archers who are trying now to shoot down into you all along the edge of this cliff line the crashing waves down below with the silver sea stretching off into the distance and june is going to look around and uh, pick out joe as the next person that uh, June is going to take a shot at. Oh, super. Too much fire. Can't let that much firepower out on the battlefield. And uh, draws back the bow and releases an arrow. Okay, seven plus the leadership die of two is nine, plus four is 13. 13 to hit. I dodge it. That does not hit. Ha Okay, it glances off of the, <laughs> uh, the, the magical shimmering protective field that you've created around yourself. And uh, you see June cock their head to one side, and it is Titan's turn. 
Oh boy, there's still eight people here. There's still eight full people here. There are. There's a lot of people. Oh man, this is bad, bro. <laughs> we got it. Like, can we hug the cliff so that, or like, hug the rock wall so that the archers up above can't get us? Is that possible? Yeah. You no, totally. What I you like running in towards the the cliff that the archers are on top of? Yeah. Yes. Just out of if you ran right underneath them they would have a, an extremely difficult time shooting down at you. Okay. Great. Kriego, uh, I was only joking. Uh, you, you were joking? Because your jokes are really hurtful. Oh, does this hurt? This and it whispers. Okie doke. This is bad, y'all, it's bad. All right, five on the die is an eight. That's gonna be a failure. Ha! It's going to take 10 damage and has to run away. Okay, he, uh, he does not run away. He charges directly towards you. It does hurt you, mother. How could you have done that to my brother? Oh, God. And my dog. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we're the bad guys. We are the bad guys. Hashtag we're the bad guys. Uh, slumps off of his horse, uh, saber held out in front and rolls down onto the cliff and, and falls down onto the stones right on the edge of the cliff, uh, precipitously looking as though he might topple down into the surf below. Uh, his horse <laughs> up on its hind legs and you have killed him. Uh, then I run to her, I do the archer thing. I run towards the cliff to try to get some cover from these archers. Oops. Ooh, oops. <laughs> Sorry. All right, so Titan, you are under the cliff now, which brings us to the scouts. Okay, so the the three other archers see you running. They look over at June. They still have eyes on Joe and Jesu, and so they're going to split their fire at you. Uh, Joe, one of them rolls a 19 and the other one is a, a nine and Jasu, one of them rolls a 16. Yeah. So that 19, I dodge. Obviously. Great. So that's okay. eight points, Joe. Oof. A sharp arrow pierces you and they no longer have the leadership dice from Captain Kriego, who yes. is, uh, <laughs> coughing blood on the on the side of this on the edge of this cliff that brings us to joe we killed his brother and his dog y'all my my dog karen karen such a good boy your dog's name is karen karen karen, karen. karen was named oh. after the mountain the <laughs> pile of rocks it's called a never mind <laughs> i shoot an arrow at him <laughs> with his what? brother's bow oh god <laughs> what is um okay so we still have we have three people on horseback around us uh, yes there are three people on horseback none of them look hot i mean i'll let you decide that but they all look injured sexy horseback riders <laughs> they all look injured fuck them up let's go okay yeah so this bow and arrow is lodged in my thigh now i go 
and I rip it out and I have my hands on my thighs and I look up with the devil in my eyes and I just shoot flames out of my hands at the three people around me. Fuck yeah. Um, And they would have gotten a D4 to their saving throw, but no longer. Hot. Okay, one of them gets a 17. Another one gets a 15. Another one gets a nine. How much damage is it? Eight. Okay. Oh, but they still get half. Mm-hmm. So one of them goes down and all of them fall off of their horses. I want to run to the cliff wall too, so I'm not want to limp Great. over the cliff, cliff wall. Okay, so uh, yeah, one of these uh, riders and the horse falls to the ground screaming in, in pain as they are uh, scorched and the other two fall to the ground as their as their horses uh, succumb to the flames uh, but are still standing. Also want to note that this is probably the first time that Joe's hair doesn't look perfectly blown out because of her magical powers because now she's like sweating from <laughs> the mm. pain that she is in <laughs> from her legs. Uh, okay, Jasu. I'm going to try and whack these fuckers on the ground. Okay. Um, does a 20, dirty 20 hit? Are they prone? Does, do the, does Jasu have advantage? Uh, yes, oh, yeah, they are prone. Advantage? They just fell down. Okay, let me check. Okay, yeah. Still dirty 20. Hits. Amazing. Seven. All right. With the cleave rule. Dispatch of both of these. Yes, yes Cleave. Fuck yes. Praise be to Cleave. I know. What a great cleaving is great. And what's funny, it's one of those words that's its own antonym. Cleave. Cleave to or oh, cleave yeah. apart. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. So uh Jesse, how do you cleave these two? Sorry, I'm very distracted by my partner being. Joshua just sometimes nerds out on the weirdest, most random nerd things where you're like, what? This isn't even a genre of nerd. What are we? Where okay. are we right now? This episode is being brought to you by the Critionary, which we're going to have to publish because. Yeah, that's true. Critionary. Clearly, we all love oh, words. I love that. Cleave. Um, so I cleave these folks. You know what I do? I take my staff. I see, I look at Joe. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that her hair is not billowing. Mm. <laughs> and I say, that is not okay. <laughs> Pow! And I whack them across the face. <laughs> Both of them. I just go, papa, and knock those fuckers out. And then I would like to I would like to move with Joe towards the cliff to mm-hmm. try and get cover from great. the archers above. Okay, great. And as you do, you see June look to the scouts and kind of shake their head and say, no, it's not worth it. They're stronger than they look. Let's go. And uh, then you hear the footsteps as they begin to take off up the cliffs and uh, back towards the army away from Typhon Head. (sighs) I just stare at June as they leave. Y'all, we got to get to that orphanage. Um, I would like to go and check out Krigo's pulse. <laughs> I can't believe mm? that. Speak up. Just how, how? Any last words? How could you have killed both me and my brother and 
my dog. I mean, it's a terrible coincidence. I don't know what to tell you. Ugh. I don't got nothing against your family. I don't know you. Is it, well, if if only you could meet. Oh no, you, the rest of my family. Because if you encounter, mm-hmm. the, Krugo, Krigo, Krago, Krago, Crippo. I can't. And you see him struggling for breath trying to get out the name that is at the tip of his tongue oh my god <laughs> but nothing but cringo but little burbles am i getting warmer forming in his lips oh jesus christ <laughs> i just uh, uh, this I take entire out a, I take game out. now this campaign yeah. It's just us killing the family. That's the entire campaign. It's just us killing every single Member person of this family. and animal in that camp, in that family. Yep. I, I take out a, a hairpin and 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 I'm, I'm gonna put put him out of his misery. Oh Jesus! And he shuts his eyes and stops breathing. Well, we did that. Uh, just I want to see if we got anything on him. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry. Uh, uh, roll me a roll me a d one hundred, please. Ooh, ninety six. Wow. Yeah, he he has close to a hundred gold on him. He's got ninety six <laughs> gold pieces on him. Holy shit! Uh, in in various denominations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he has he has a whistle. Yeah, he's he's got a a dog whistle that is. Uh, around his neck a dog whistle okay on a little chain great any uh, these and there's three other <clears throat> soldiers <laughs> yeah uh, and there's there's also three other soldiers wow. and you hear a war horn coming from down the down the coast back in the direction of the army yo we need to go hello everyone I interrupt the story to remind you that this episode of When Crit Happens is brought to you by the Critionary. Among the most respected reference terms in Rock Hatima, the Critionary has been on the Daily Sun's bestseller list for a thousand years. It's used by Ajirian houses of learning and corporate-funded dragon researchers alike. So, whenever you're going to talk critty about someone, reach for your critionary. And now this important message from Later Taters, whose review on Apple Podcasts is titled Great for Experienced D&D Players and Beginners. Not an experienced D&D player, but am loving their story so far and the discussions they have outside of it explaining how they developed their characters. This group has done a fantastic job creating a safe space for people from all walks of life, and I'm excited to hear more. Thank you, Later Taters. And finally, it is our obligation to inform you that there is much more content available from When Crit Happens on their Patreon. Wouldn't it be wonderful if this show never had a single advertisement on it? Well, aside from this one for Critionaries, I suppose... If you'd like to help make a fully listener-supported D&D podcast a reality, then join the Patreon now. All right, everyone. That's it from the Critionary Department of Public Outreach. Now, back to the story. 
we need to go. We need to get there to the are, orphanage and there, get some cover. There are two horses that uh, one of them that you thought was down kind of um, is standing, standing itself back up, and Krigo's horse is, is still there as well. Um, the horses are a bit startled, but they they are trained for for combat, and so they're breathing heavily. But they're there. I'm jumping on this horse. Yeah, for sure. Great. So, do all three of you hop on? Yeah, hop on one. Horses? All three of us get on one horse. Just on no, one. no, 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 no. <laughs> on no. Two as horses, soon as, as soon as I see that <laughs> the two of them have tried to get on my horse, I dismount and get on the other horse. <laughs> And then they get off and get on your horse. <laughs> no, <I think>. no. <laughs> yeah, I a hundred percent have my own horse. You are in front of me, Joe, and I'm my arms have surrounded you, so you're not even seen. Like you're just like I'm basically like <laughs> I'm I'm also imagining just like it. enveloping you. As soon as Titan you get on this horse, like the horse looks like it's made out of crystal for a moment. It's like the Beyonce Renaissance and, horse. And then That's it what you're basically galloping. saying. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so the the three of you uh, managed to get these horses moving up the pathway, and and they move quickly. They are definitely good at moving over difficult terrain. And as you ride up this last section of the cliff top towards the fortress, as the light begins to fade, turning from late afternoon to early dusk, the sun starting to set behind you. You see the high walls of Typhon Head looming up in front of you. The red granite is old and weathered. It's been here for generations. But tall and strong. And as you get level with it, and you start approaching the cliff walls, you see, rounding the corner of this promontory in the ocean, right on the edge of the bay, one of the pirate ships and in the distance maybe a quarter mile ahead of you you see a figure pop up over the battlements hot. and peer out at you from underneath a tri-cornered hat that guy's hot and that is where we will end our session on the really really hot Ooh. person whoever that person is oh, hot i need a nap and a snack <sighs> Joe needs a nap uh, and a snack. All right. Dirty crap. <laughs> in a in a seamless transition, that was pretty seamless. dicey when you were on top of the ridge, and then remember when we remember when we killed an entire family and a dog? Remember when we did that? Did anyone else that think that that's how our story would go? <laughs> I didn't want it to go that way. Yeah, there was a there was a hard case of DM manipulation. Uh, the the bit that I <laughs> am curious about why it didn't come up more was June got away. I know. How are we feeling about that? I'm upset. I feel like that needed to happen. It's like they have a whole army. I was really feeling like we, I was glad it ended the way that it ended mm -hmm. because it felt like they have a whole fucking army. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think just so. The fact that we came out all alive, I was not even concerned about <laughs> June getting out of our grasp. It's very like because you know the three of you all have the capacity to take pot shots at somebody while they're running away, and nobody did. They the uh, which which I just found. Oh, I did with my eyes. I did with my eyes and my eyes alone. Mm, okay. 
I don't think Jessu has come to terms with the level of anger that she feels towards little June. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While while Joe might be used to seeing various kinds of magic used in different ways, I feel like this started off as a oh, let's just go down the road to Longstrom. Oh, we're going out in the woods, in the woods that mm-hmm. I know, to now we're at Typhon Head with an army that's knocking. I felt Joe was shitting her pants yeah, for totally. sure. Mm-hmm. For sure, during yeah. that whole in- encounter. Yeah. It got real. Yeah, yeah, what was that? We also don't know each other that well. Like, you're with kind of strangers with all of this going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, not strangers, strangers, but like people who you're like, relatively newly involved with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. scared times yeah and it's like it's bad that june because like june is the only person who could really blow up our spot and be like those are the motherfuckers that have been fucking everything up so it is bad that june is out at large mm. but in the moment it was i agree that it was just like oh because uh, throughout that entire encounter i'm like oh, okay so like this is where torsten like forces us to surrender and then we're with this army but then i was also like no but like we killed these people's friends i don't think that they would just capture us i think they would try to throw us off this cliff so uh yeah it was it was bad i was honestly same same boat kylie i was not even fucking thinking about Mm -hmm. june at that point i was just like how do we get out of this Mm -hmm. and honestly i attacked the first like when we got into combat, I was like, bet the the brother is probably pretty strong. I'm gonna attack him first because I already hit him. And if we can take mm-hmm. him out, that'll be one less like stronger person here and we can worry about June later. I was tempted to crawl up the cliff and go for June, mm. but Joe got hurt, so I had to stay. Mm. Yeah, I feel like tactically you all did uh, once once the battle actually started the focus fire on on the captain was was solid with the one person with area of effect managing to take out all of the all of the ancillaries and, and like the way because he works very similarly to his to his brother they both have uh, a leadership die that they give to people mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and so it did mm-hmm. drastically drastically affect the the rest of the of the enemy's uh, capabilities after that yeah, I think there's something interesting that I, I feel like Tor and, and D you kind of touched on too of just like in this kind of big encounter and like we all don't know each other mm-hmm. that well. And so it felt like, I'm like, how to say this? I'm thinking about peer pressure. Because sure. part of me, like mm. Ki- Kylie, part of this podcast is like, oh, story-wise, we need to be on the same page, quickly make decisions, let's just go with the flow. Mm. And then Joe is like, ah, I'm feeling peer pressure to do this thing. Let's talk about what's going on. Mm. And so I felt like those two things were were in conflict, which wasn't bad, but like I Mm. was just aware of like, those two things in conflict when when everything was beginning to play out when we weren't quite yet in the battle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, well, and I do think that that comes up often in D&D, though, where you're playing a character and your character, like, you know your character is probably having a difficult time within the situation, mm-hmm. but 
in order to feel like you're participating in the way that either the DM or the other players intend, you're like trying to justify your character and their actions, but also try to be true to them. And for me, I at least find that super difficult to navigate, especially when I was new to D&D. Like now I feel more comfortable about saying, and this more comes up in he who shall not be named in full Balin's campaign that Joshua and I are in, um, where I feel more comfortable being saying my character goes and does this thing that is not tactically intelligent, that does not bode well for the party and, (laughs) and is going to stir up some shit but that's what she would do or that's what they would do in that moment because of XYZ factors. No, they're not going to do they're not going to attack the big bad in the way that they should because they're really upset at this moment and so they're instead going to do something else. They're going to go open a chest that they shouldn't open. I, you know what I mean? Totally. Sure. Like but yeah. like and, and I don't mean to say but I no, I yeah. think yes and there's ways of doing things like that that are so much fun. Playing into something that is not tactically like intelligent or like going against the the kind of like well obviously this is what everybody should do and you're like i'm gonna do something totally different Mm -hmm. that can be so Mm -hmm. fun and feel like it's adding Mm -hmm. to the group it can also feel like it's detracting from the group and be Mm -hmm. like a well actually uh, my character wouldn't do that so i'm my character would do this other thing and then it's like well okay now you're playing a game by yourself and are you having fun because it can be hard for other yeah. people to get on board with that and it's hard to define exactly where those lines are and and when one thing is happening totally. or the other thing um but they feel so different like one you're a hundred percent right just harkening uh, yes. back to another version of this uh, another campaign that dan and i were in we had a friend who had this one character who was like and it was i think their first time first or second time playing mm. D and they had this one character who was like a rogue and was like very um like was very into treasure and stuff like that and but like ran this tavern da, 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 da. so it's like we're down in this dungeon and like the party's like trips a trap and is in this like you know this this Mm. uh battle that's like very much balanced for the entire party Mm -hmm. to be there and meanwhile this this other character's rogue is like the entire time is like off looking for treasure (laughs) and it's like wow uh and we ended like everything ended up being fine but it's like it's like huh and like and we we were we were in rounds and so it's Mm -hmm. like they were, you know, they could barely do anything because it's like we were actually in combat rounds. So yeah. it's like they were just like doing six second intervals of them like looking <laughs> for treasure. Mm-hmm. And while everybody else was like, you know, getting their butts <laughs> kicked. <laughs> and it is was one of those situations where it's like, yeah, you're right. That is probably that maybe have been what that person would have done. And like maybe they didn't hear it, da, 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 whatever. Um, and, you know, I think they even tried to roll for some perception checks to see if they were hearing mm-hmm. what was going on. But, yeah, um, that feels slightly different than like doing something that is that's going rogue, but like going rogue within the story that everybody else is telling. Yeah. Yes, totally. And I think I, I love this point because I was thinking about Lou Wilson, mm. who is phenomenal um and does 
consistently makes choices in his character that are like so in character and are crazy Mm. and i i'm obsessed uh but it it all of the examples that i can think of of that happening and also with emily adford what's what's her last name axford axford all of all of that like and i would think of that crew like that D crew with brennan and all of them as the best D players probably in the world and they all every time they make that kind of choice where their character does something that's insane it affects their character they are putting themselves at risk mm. of either dying or of having something bad happen but they are not leaving the rest of their party to fend for themselves without any backup when it's clear that backup is needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might be like unless a crazy choice, but they, a selfish they, choice. Yeah. Exactly. Unless it's unless it's intentional of, oh, well, you know that my character is bad and this is a <gasps> shock. Um, we hate each other. It's always a collaboration with creativity and that creativity could negatively affect me and my own character alone, but not necessarily the entirety yeah. of the party. Yeah, I think that's a really maybe a a good clarifying point like is the choice you're making going to going to affect the other players and the other characters then it might be a selfish choice Mm -hmm. as opposed to like is this crazy wacky idea that i'm making even if it's it may be affecting is the wrong word because everything's going to affect the other people but like is it is it going to make it harder yeah maybe this is it is it going to make it impossible for them to do the game that they want to be playing yeah Mm -hmm. you know because i think like yeah to like deanna's character is like if there's a trap like deanna's character is probably going to spring that trap you know (laughs) what i mean i always am always but (laughs) that is but like that's in game Mm -hmm. the like the person designing the game designed that trap that's part of the world and it's like and and a lot of times it's not a trap. A lot of times it's just like something weird and new. And Deanna's character is always just the one that's gonna be like, yeah, I'm gonna touch that thing. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it gets, sometimes it springs a trap. Sometimes it gets us new information, you know, five minutes faster than everybody doing perception checks <laughs> on it. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, I I think one of the one of the really important things to remember is that it's always okay to have a meta conversation and this mm-hmm. maybe this kind of ties in some of the other conversations we've had on the podcast uh including on our patreon is that <laughs> you can always even in the plug, middle plug, of a plug. session you can pause and be like hey is this the game we want to be playing or did we want to be having be playing a different game um because i've been in situations totally. where i find myself as a player or a dm kind of like it feels like out on a limb and i don't know how to get back and if we just stay in the world of the game i'm not having fun but if we can talk about it and be like wait actually did did you did we not want to have a murder an entire family kind of campaign because 
That's definitely the situation I put us in right now. So if that's not what we're into, <laughs> uh, then I should probably like do a little <laughs> zhuzhing. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do people feel about, you know, uh, ending the line of uh, Krugo? The, the Kugo Krugo. I, I guess that's... Krugo Krugos. Yeah. I'm in the boat of it's hilarious. I'm not sure what the naming conventions are, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know what's really funny? Is that like, you know... Torse, it, it, it's one of those things where it's you. You definitely did just fully set us up, Tor, because it's like and it's like this person's coming after you, and so you got to do something about it. And it's like, oh yeah, guess what? It's also this, yeah. And you've already made your decisions, and it's just like, yeah, no, oh right, yeah, no, it's also it's his brother, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, we could yep, have that's, fixed that. His brother. No, that's, like, well, that that that's <laughs> like the, you know it, this kind of shit happens, and it's uh, it's kind of a cheap way of um of yeah. writing a story, but it's yeah, it was it was a hard hardcore. Oh, look at what you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Were but you hoping that we would talk to him in some other fashion, or um, did, did, did as soon as we got that scroll, it was just like, all right, cool, you're the the function I imagined for this person is done. Did we kill an important NPC for you? Short answer, no. Okay. It was, but I do have to say that that whole thing went down. Like I think it got a lot scarier because of the way that it happened. I constructed that encounter because you had the opportunity to have a major ambush um, even before I thought of like I didn't think about you dropping the fog which was a great tactic but I knew that you would have an ambush opportunity and so I thought that you would get the drop and uh, just do a total number on those four on horseback and then get ambushed like that was the twist it was oh mm -hmm. the ambushers get ambushed and instead you just had all eight of them. <laughs> yes, at once you did. Uh, so that it changed the dynamic of of that encounter drastically. Mm. But but no, Krigo himself was was never more than a tool. Um, just a <laughs> just a cheap plot wow. device. He was a tool. He sure was a tool. Hey. I'm excited to read the the rest of that scroll. Yeah. Yes, read the rest of the scroll. Well, yeah, I, mean, I guess we probably got like I know we kind of have an idea or we know what it's about but it felt like Tor gave us the short answer i'm curious I if did. there was a long no, answer there wasn't oh okay there good that worked out you for you then. There to be, yeah <laughs> <laughs> the, the conversation about about like what would my character do and things um no that i do have one one more thing that i want to say on that mm. the meta conversations can be really helpful to have during the session like even just to, I doubt it will stay in in the full cut, but we had a little pause and talk about like whether it was a good idea to split the party, and mm -hmm. um, and there's a couple reasons. Part of it is that I know that we're making this for a podcast format, and I um, it's not that it's not that we can never split the party in the podcast format, but in the particular instance. I was having a hard time figuring out how I would handle that as a DM. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think now mm -hmm. knowing how far away we actually were, I think like mm -hmm. in my head when the idea first got suggested, it was like the orphanage is right over there. And so even though we're splitting up, we will not be split up. 
long sure. was kind of what I thought. Sure. But then to realize like, oh no, like it is much further. Mm-hmm. See y'all in a few hours. Like that is a different thing. Totally, totally. Yeah. Um, and so to have those conversations mid game and, and let them be meta if you need to, but also mm-hmm. before you even start, like just to go back to yeah. how important episode zeros can be and then continuing to have that conversation because we had a conversation before the last episode about like what kind of, I think the question that I asked you all was like, what kind of storytelling are you most interested in? Do you want this type of adventure or this type of adventure? And part of the reason for that is because I'm trying to feel out what things you will say yes to mm-hmm. and not feel like you're being peer pressured. You know, so I can try to come up with situations where you don't feel like you have to twist your idea of your character and like you're uh, you're not being allowed to play the version of the of the character that you wanted, but giving giving you something that fits in with the the character arc that you're interested in playing um and i definitely invite all three of you to check me on that at any turn you know after any session if it's like hey i i this kind of play is less fun for me so if we could Mm -hmm. do something where i don't have to constantly uh and that would be really helpful yeah 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 communication y'all communication Mm -hmm. communication hashtag communicate Set your boundaries. Talk about things with your friends. Tell everyone you love them. Make out with them immediately. Everyone. (laughs) Uh, All right. One uh, one or two last last little questions. Uh, Anything you learned about your character today? Ooh. What a good question. I think, I don't know. I'm curious... I'm curious about Kylie's answer in particular because as you were talking about like that play between... Wanting to move the story wrong about or feeling peer, peer pressure to do something that maybe Joe wasn't really interested in doing. And then like, you know, once do- Joe like took some pretty serious damage and I think there was one moment where you were like, Joe like turns and there's like, you see like the devil in her <laughs> eyes or something yeah. like that. And and she unleashes these, these flames. I was like, I was like, oh snap, interesting. Mm. That's a flavor of Joe I don't think I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I feel like maybe a new experience for Joe in this episode was, even though we've had other encounters, but I think something about this one or leading up into this one was like the near death, like feeling Mm. like, oh, this could take a turn versus I don't think any of the other encounters have hit Joe in that way, it felt like, okay, we're going to come out on the other side of the other encounters mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. this being the first one of like, oh, wait a second, is, is that what we're doing? And like her feeling scared, hmm. more scared. Hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, what's everybody's, what's everybody's hit points in that right now? 12. Uh, I actually 16. didn't get hit that time, okay. so I'm, I'm at 18. 16. How am I sitting the highest person? <laughs> <laughs> I think I was going to say something about learning how angry and how much in denial I am about all the things, but that I think I already knew about her. Mm. Um, I think what's new is that I think she's starting to care more about, I mean, she already did care, but have more of the role that I initially thought she was going to have the protector role Mm. for the other characters. 
and I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that develop in her because I think she cares a lot about everyone, but doesn't know how to do that in a way that's wholesome and nice. And I think that happens the more you like find true, meaningful ways of caring and respect. And I think right now her initial instinct is to block and to let other people go and like not allow them to help her she really helps them and then i think after the last time where they like both titan and um joe helped her they came for her she was like dead so i think she's i think for me i was i was feeling some type of emotion as i was playing today where i was like oh i like really need to keep these characters safe not because it's my duty but because you know i kind of care about these folks a little bit starting to Mm. all right what about titan what did titan learn oh on the rail, it was just the only thing that, that was different today was that it's like we were in this battle that was like, oh, gosh, we we are going to lose this battle. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. But other than that, I, I, I don't think I think Titan was just like, all right, like here's one thing, like as Joshua, the player, I was like. I got one spell slot left. That I, not anymore. I have no spell slots left. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I was like, should I save this last one for a healing word? And I was like, Titan wouldn't do that. And it was mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. dissonant whispers mm-hmm. to the face on this person, yeah. which was key. Like yeah. I, I was, I wasn't sure where your spell spell slot count was, and I was really happy that, that was, you could drop another one. That was the last one. That was the last uh, of my spells. Go. I have one bardic inspiration left to give. (laughs) All right. Yeah, it's as I was listening back to the previous episode, I was thinking about how many spell slots were used just with Daphne and Carl. That's Mm. right. Instantly burned through my (laughs) my second level spells on Daphne and Carl. Yep. Came into this one with no Uh, second level spells. (laughs) There we go. All right, everybody. Uh, Thanks so much. And very much looking forward to what happens next time. Deanna, anything you want to plug? I would like to plug putting up your lights for the holidays. Don't let anyone make you feel bad about going to ham on the decorations. Go to ham. Make everything shiny. Make it all sparkly. Play Christmas music through the entirety of the entire year. Like, just keep going. (laughs) Go more. Do more. Ham it up. That's my that's my Full ham. Plug. Full ham. Full Order ham. a ham for for Christmas. Eat a ham. Whatever <laughs> holiday you celebrate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, amazing. Uh okay, uh Joshua, anything? What do I got to plug outside of when crit happens and our Patreon? Haha, <laughs> I stole mm-hmm. yours, Torsten. You did. Um uh, <laughs> how'd you do that? Just doing something for yourself every day. Some little little mm. thing doesn't have to be big. Just like finding, uh, even it could, here it is, finding something that you already do in the day and just like reinvesting in it and finding the joy in some little thing that you do mm. in your day. Aww. That's I awesome. That. And Kylie? 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 Um, Kylie? <laughs> Anything you'd like to My uncle Kylie? used to tell me that when I was a kid that I was destined to be a country singer because he would say my name with like, I don't even know. I don't know really Kylie. how you say my, because yeah, like something like that. Angel? 
Or is it because you have the voice of an angel? Maybe is that both. maybe the reason? Yeah, that too. A twangy voice of an angel. <laughs> um, I'm going to plug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, especially with the middle name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna plug Tor Sexy Voice. I was listening to our podcast Ooh. today in preparation for this podcast. I'm like, this voice sounds nice. Yeah. So that's what I'm yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Thank it does. you very much. Ooh, yeah. And if you haven't had enough of all of our sexy voices, <laughs> then you can head on over <laughs> to our Patreon. Uh, yeah, more more and more that, because, uh, you know, this is episode nine. We're, we're still at the outset. I don't know if we'll ever have advertisements. And I... Advertisements, right? I have an ad. Um, it feels like so many podcasts set out in search of advertisements as a way of generating I revenue. I mean, if New Glarus wants to sponsor us, I think that's different because you know New Glarus. I Wisconsin. expect. <laughs> I expect that. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's my that's my plug is let us be like NPR and um, <laughs> <laughs> not New. Uh, let us, let's get on no NPR. Deal. Let's just like right? yeah yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Find us on the socials at When Crit Happens. Crit on them. Crit on them. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the show, everyone. Special thanks to Cullen Fitzpatrick for our theme music and original musical underscoring by Wormwood, Balin Wagner, and Benjamin Bergdorf. Full episodes come out every other Wednesday. On the off weeks, exclusive content is released for our members. Head over to patreon.com slash whencrithappens to join the community. Thanks for listening. <laughs>